You ever own something that inspired you to up your game? We spend so much time in our cars. It's nice to have a car that makes you feel good. It's giving me like, you deserve to take care of yourself, girl. Honey, I just love Alexis because it's giving luxury. It just gives like, nice. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. And the features on this GX, honey? Available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Available front row massaging seats. Ooh! Available 33-inch all-terrain tires. That's wide! Available multi-terrain select. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, it's Jonathan Van Ness. Americans United for Separation of Church and State defends your freedom to live as yourself and believe as you choose, so long as you don't harm others. Core freedoms like abortion rights, marriage equality, public education, and even American democracy itself rest upon the wall of separation between church and state. Christian nationalists are attacking these freedoms, seeking to force us all to live by their narrow beliefs. Americans United is fighting back. Freedom without favor and equality without exception. Learn more about AU at au.org slash curious. Let's face it, I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money. Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous, like two bedroom suite instead of a one bedroom suite? So you're like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room. So you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your, your guys's room. Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards off in full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Bienvenidos a Getting Curious. Bonjour a Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Vaness, and every week I sit down for a 30-minute conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. This week, I'm curious about what is recycling and how does it work. That's why I spoke with Beth Porter. Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. Um, I'm really excited for this episode because let me tell you something. You guys, I've been looking for an expert in this field for years. Like, years. And there was actually a time when I was, like, cold emailing people that, in hindsight, actually weren't experts, like, before I met the person who helps me book Getting Curious. And so this is so much better than anything that I could have ever done. So I'm actually, like, perfectly happy that the cards fell where they did. So without further ado, welcome to Getting Curious, Beth Porter, with a Green America. She is the... Climate and Recycling Director. <laughs> I love that director, honey. You're the Gustavo Dudamel of recycling at... <laughs> 
Green America. And he's the conductor of the LA Philharmonic or something. So that's fierce. Oh, good company. I feel yes. good about that. They're, they're, it's great. <laughs> so, and then you also are an author of a gorgeous book. Yeah, I wrote a book called Reduce, Reuse, Reimagine, Sorting Out the Recycling System to help people understand what recycling is, why it's important, why we do it, and then what the problems are and how we can fix it. Could you be any more perfectly like perfect, perfect, perfect for this episode. I think the answer is no. You're you're perfect. I'll answer the question for me. I'm so self conscious about my coffee breath. I feel like I have to like move away from. No. Oh my god. Please don't. Okay. I actually can't smell it at all. Are you serious? Like, yeah. Not okay. At all. Okay. Okay. Because no, no. I'm like I'm five deep and it's I'm you know she's it's kicking. That's what you need to do to get through the day sometimes. <laughs> it's like every day. Um. Okay. So first of all. Recycling. When I think recycling, I do. I think reduce, reuse, recycle. I also think of that Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie with Farrah Fawcett when Stepdad Honey and they were recycling the things in San Francisco and they were so chic. That was a 90s movie. It was a 90s movie. It was, you know, he's just such a heartthrob. And, but so it's like, you know, and it was like recycling. And I also remember like in hair school, there was this fierce boy who was like, don't recycle your plastic water bottle lids because it kills turtles because they eat it. And then I also think of like, um, this controversy where like they found out that like recycling like honey they thought they thought they were recycling but really she was going to right, she right. wasn't so like I the wanna, secret drama of recycling yes. or something yeah so i want to yeah, talk totally. about all of that yes, so let's do but it. not specifically Farrah Fawcett and Jonathan Taylor Thomas more about like the origins of recycling how she started how we implemented her like what the, what's the foundation of recycling yeah so i always say that recycling has kind of an organic start, I think, because it's very much something you see in the forest and ecosystems to take waste, break it down, and make something new and useful out of it. Um, so the concept of it, it has very deep roots and it's very old. Um, but what we know is like modern recycling started in the 1970s and then got really ramped up in the 1990s. So JTT reference, you're absolutely right. 80s and 90s were like huge trying to popularize recycling, get everyone to know about it, get everyone to hear reduce, reuse, recycle. But the problem is we didn't quite talk a lot about how to do it well and where it goes. And so now we're at this pre- this like phase where we have a lot of confusion, a lot of kind of skepticism about recycling because we haven't been told details about it. And so that's kind of what I've wanted to do in my work is to help individuals understand like the importance of it and see themselves in the system more rather than this is just like something we're being told we have to do and participate to be a good person or whatever. You know what I mean? Break so. it down, Queen. How do we see ourselves in it? Yeah. What is it? Well, I think, so when we think of recycling, we're like, oh, I'm going to put this container, you know, in the right bin and then it's going to go somewhere and things are going to happen. Um, but there's this huge web behind it. Like the transportation occurs and then these materials get sorted at these huge facilities and then we use them in new products. But there's a lot of uh, influence on nearby communities that are impacted by like landfills and incinerators. So recycling can help alleviate some of those harmful impacts. Um, and the also, landfill thing is kind of like that's like a big thing. Yes, yes. Like yeah. we do have like a overabundance of landfills and stuff, right? Yes, we have a lot of landfills. There were a lot of fears of landfill shortages in the 80s, which is why I think a lot of like recycling programs were getting ramped up. What does that mean? We're going to run out of landfills because we used them all up? Yeah, well, uh, regulations were getting a little tighter because landfills were very unhealthy. They were like contaminating groundwater. All that nasty stuff was happening. Um, Under the Reagan administration? That would have been... Yeah, the Reagan yeah. administration. Shocking. I know. That, that natural things went by the way. Right, right. Someone he somewhere was, was caring about people. No, he was, he was so busy not dealing with HIV AIDS that he um, had to also not deal with... Uh, you know, ground. Yeah, yeah. Like I was talking like Iran Contra or something. He was really busy. Yeah. No, I hear mm-hmm. you. Well, and that's also the Reagan era is sort of why we have like these fractured recycling s- programs, which we can talk about, and why the rules are different in every state because it became like a state level, county level. Oh, because it was like an Obamacare thing where they like because like because 
Carter was like that gorgeous Democrat, but then he made all the Democrats mad, and then that's how like Reagan came in and, and got they're it. like, we're gonna break down the federal government power, and there's gonna be no like governing yes. national entity. Yes. So there's a lot of thought that that's kind of when this was happening with recycling, and why we have all these different rules and programs, and there's a lot of complexities to it. So yeah, yeah, especially environmentally, when like two states rub up against each other and like share like a river, for instance, and like Definitely. Illinois has something going on, and then Missouri's got a totally different thing going on. So yes. then it's probably hard to make some of those common goals a reality when like you just gave everyone yeah so that's totally and it's like downstream effects and I think we see a lot of that in recycling and I call it in the book and like I always call it a system because it's like a lot of different industries and talking about it like an ecosystem kind of helps me understand how they all overlap and bump up against each other and I took took it away from you I didn't mean to I did that annoying thing where I ask questions and then I like go away so but basically no it's great but seeing people like (laughs) getting people to see themselves in recycling yes yes yes. thank you thank you for getting me back no no, it was me it was all my fault because I asked you about um, landfills I love it we're on this we're on this journey together we are <laughs> and I love that we're just supporting each other through it but but how can people see them because I guess I see myself in it like I when I'm walking down the street I try mm-hmm. to put my plastic water bottle in the thing but also like I did just find because I just moved back from Kansas City back to New York like yeah. a couple weeks ago so I just like got re-back acquainted with like all of my like reusable bottles and so I have mm-hmm. all my like reusable mm-hmm. ones it's like a practice it's a habit you yes. know and so it's like changing that up and I, I think that individuals are so important in the recycling loop and where we see environmental benefits in recycling is really like having materials to reduce our need to mine and deforestation you know these like more harsh extraction activities to get virgin materials as they're called if we have recycled materials that cuts down on the energy use it cuts down on greenhouse gas emissions and impacts on local communities and stuff. So so we're this really important key where we're in charge of not only putting the stuff in the right bin, but making sure there's a demand for recycled content. So like when you're picking something at a store, be like, oh, this is 60% recycled content. This is the one that I want, if that's your choice, you know, and, and demanding that producers make those responsible choices too. So, but what happens like once we do put, you put the paper in the paper bin and then mm-hmm. you put the plastic in the plastic one, um, then what happens to the recycling? Yeah. Like, what's the process? Yeah. Well, a lot of the, so a lot of the communities in the U.S. now have something called single stream and that's where you put all of your recyclables in one bin and it's taken to this massive facility that's like a ton of machines and some workers who are doing hand sorting and they're trying to get all the materials where they need to go because paper, metals, plastics, they all have like different breakdown processes because they're all different. And yeah. so, um, so they're they're like kind of boiled down to their raw parts so that it's like basically like a clean canvas. Like it's a brand new thing that manufacturers can use to make a new product. And they want to break it down to be as similar to like its virgin counterparts as possible. Um, but because recycled products have already been through that processing process before, that cuts down on the energy use and it makes it a lot like smoother of a process and less environmental impacts for that reason. So, so, so they all go to their own little like separate journeys based on what they need. So they'll be boiled down, um, melted down in some cases of like metal and things like that to remove impurities. Uh, paper is like pulped down into its pulping state where you can pull out the tape and like labels and stuff from cardboard boxes and then make it into new sheets. Oh, so um, they'll take cardboard boxes and they can make that into paper? Yeah, yeah. You can make, I mean, paper is like got a lot of different life cycles it can have. So a magazine could have another life as a cardboard box or like tissue paper or paper towels or something. Like, it's pretty cool. I mean, I do tend to nerd out about recycling because no. I'm like, we're taking this thing and making this other thing. Like, it's, it's really cool. Uh, the, they heat so the, it or they cool it or they add water to it? Exactly. Water, yes, exactly. So there are different processes. There's like <coughs> mechanical pulping and like a more chemical pulping. And so, yeah, it's getting it back down to it's like, I wish I had an example like a <laughs> 
Um, so when you break this apart, it's like getting the fibers back down to their pulp state. So you can make it into a different kind of paper product and not just a sheet of paper for writing, you know, paper. Yeah, it's like much more have, big than that. Yeah. Like if you were yeah. an expert in that. So with like, so do some states, because of some state regulations, like it goes all to a processing plant, but then other states have ones where they need you to recite or like sort it yourself or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. And it's about like, they're like what they have the capability of doing. So some states have these big sorting facilities that are called MRFs and it's material recovery facilities. And so that's when all the sorting happens. Um, but others where they're like, oh, you as the resident need to sort this. They don't have those, you know, systems set up. So it would just go directly to be sold to a processing facility. Oh, so, so that is that yeah. the states where it's like collect the cans for five cents each or whatever? Yeah. Well, those that's um, something also called like a container return deposit, which I actually think is very cool. Um, and it's a way to get like a clean stream of recyclables back to a manufacturer in a, in a cool way. That's um, So you pay an extra like five cents for a bottle, but then you can return it and get that five cents back. So it's a deposit system to ensure that they're getting these materials like back where they need to be, which is pretty, it's, yeah, it's a clever system. And it's shown to increase recycling rates and help people understand it, um, give people some income if they, you know, need that as an avenue to, to get income. So it's, you know, it's, it's certainly a good solution, I think for a lot of communities. I wonder if there's any like um, people who deal with like homelessness, if there's like a homeless innovation in like other states, because, you know, homelessness Mm. is such like an issue that is like, you know, steadily like creeping into like into cities and states where it wasn't before. Yeah, I wonder if there is like a way that like you could get those sort of programs to more people like help alleviate, you know, homelessness because no one really wants to do that sort of work. And then maybe like they could do that and it could be a cute thing. Totally. No, I think that's a really interesting idea. And I feel like there are probably organizations that are working to try and like connect those two things. I don't know a lot about that, but I think that makes sense to me, you know, providing opportunities in ways that are helpful for like the community and the individual is like, I think what recycling should be all about. (laughs) So what does Green America do? Yeah, Green America, we are a national nonprofit and we've actually been around for 35 years. So we're an older nonprofit, um, but we're an environmental and social justice organization. So we try to drive environmental and social change using like economic methods. So changing supply chains to be more sustainable And for us, sustainability and green is not truly sustainable unless workers are protected, you know, like you're, you're using all of the, you know, environmental and social aspects. So if a product's recycled, that's great. But if you're paying your workers poorly or they're in unsafe working conditions, like that's not sustainable for us. So we try and drive that change with uh, companies based in the U.S. and help people understand how they can be more sustainable in their lives. Um, and Quick then urge, Oh, yeah, go for it. So sometimes I, um, okay, so this is kind of, it's on the topic, but it's kind of like also stick with me. So sometimes I wonder if it's better to like deal with a current system in the way it is and realize that you have to like compromise in order Mm. to you know like is it about like harm reducing like understanding where someone is like because I think about that with like um like healthcare, for instance, because I feel like sometimes when people really criticize like Nancy Pelosi, they'll be like, well, you know, like in the Affordable Care Act or whatever, like, you know, she said that universal health care would never happen. Like mm-hmm. it could never happen. So there's certain people that like, but she's like she was dealing with like the Tea Party. Like so and that Congress in mm-hmm. 2008 or whatever like that, there was that, that didn't happen until 10. But there was that that insur- that insurgency was beginning and, the, mm-hmm. and some of them were elected in, okay. in 08. So it's like she that was probably really too socialistic to like ever. But then it's like, or do you just fucking demand it? Because like, you know, fuck your constant. But it's like, but are they ever gonna like are the Republicans or the like independent liberal people ever gonna really like? Or will the Rand Pauls ever s- subscribe to like universal health care? Mm. Like, and I get that it's like, but it's like it's a mode of uh, it's like your your mode of uh, your prerogative or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, 
I don't know because it's like, but I get what you're saying because it's like, well, you, what if they're recycling, doing great for environment, but then they're paying, but then it's like they're paying people like negative five cents a day for totally, like, totally. And I think it's, I think like more transparency is really important with that because there are some companies that are like, we're trying to do this good thing, we haven't quite made it there yet. We're also working on this thing. I think like, I don't know, m- more honest. <laughs> connection with the consumer I think is really important and more transparency is like what people are craving. Surveys are showing that people want more transparency and I think our recycling system can really benefit from that. It's like it's okay if you haven't become the perfect gold standard company yet but be honest about where you're at and like what you're working on I think is that's what I at least urge companies to do. So right now in America is the onus on the company that or is, is such it on- a good question. <laughs> I think, yeah, in our in the history of recycling, um, there was this huge shift in, like, the 70s to put the onus on the consumer. Um, and, like, I don't know if you're, you know, there's, like, onus the limited... Onus responsibility, too, by the way, you guys. Yes. I just learned that, like, like, not, like, six months ago. That's a very, it's a good word to use. Um, and onus is, yeah, it is on the consumer, I think, in ways that have been very unfair and unrealistic and so kind of set federal? us up to be, like, you know, you need to be recycling, you need to be more sustainable, but producers have kind of, like, gotten a pass at that. Producers, and so oh, yeah, Producers yeah, yeah, meaning, yeah. like, yeah, companies making because yeah, Amazon doesn't have to care about, they have no one to answer to about like how much pack. Because that's another thing I've always mm-hmm. really noticed, especially like since Queer Eyes come out and I get like gifted a bunch of stuff. Like sometimes I look at these things and I'm like, you just put like 18 pounds of plastic peanuts in yeah. something for no reason. For like one item. Yeah. 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 It's very inefficient packaging for sure. And it really yeah. does, I mean, that really does create so much waste. And that's actually yes. people asking, they're like, when are you going to do a hair care line? And like, that's for mm-hmm. me such a part of why I haven't done it. Cause like, I don't want to contribute to the waste. Mm. And I want to help think about a way that I could. Like that's I, I, like I don't want to contribute to that. And I also totally. want to make sure that sustainability is like a thing, and that's like another reason I haven't done like salons and products because I think that there has been such a like um uh get money quick thing mm. in that in that like yes. for the people that are producing it. Yeah, and you're like it, cutting the corners or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because especially mm-hmm. if you look not to throw out whatever, but like Aveda especially like because pre Estee Lauder they were so like everything was glass mm, every yes. like the, like sustainable like they put their money where their mouth is. Now it's like all plastic. Yes, yeah, and it's not yeah. and like Estee Lauder like like I'm sorry but like they have done so much in their power to like chip away at the legacy of like Horst Reckelbacher and like that was really the mm-hmm. guy who invented Aveda in 1978 in Minneapolis. Read his book; it's very read the history of that company is very amazing. But like, mm-hmm. but that that is a um, I forgot where I was talking about. Thank you. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, I think yeah, I think that we can like drive demand in some ways. It's like the choices that we make at the store and what we're choosing to buy. But also, social media has given us an opportunity and like a platform to call companies out. And like, if there's a company you really like buying from, you can tag them in a tweet or something and say like, "Is your stuff recycled?" Is this a priority for your company? Like, I want it to be. And so I think that's another really great way to, like, voice that demand and show that that's something we want. Stand um, by. Yes. We're going to just take a really quick little baby break because I, we are, our middle name is Tanja Honey, and I love it. I love that. It it's, it's me. It's just our truth today, and I love that. <laughs> um, but, you guys, I'm just going to do two quick little baby, you know, and, like, listen to it. But maybe we'll really be, you know, super conscientious about you know, like environmental impact of the people who I advertise for. So that'll be something I can help moving forward. So listening to these two ads, I hope that they line up with that mission statement. And we'll be back with more Getting Curious right after this. Let's face it. I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like 
a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money? Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous like two-bedroom suite instead of a one-bedroom suite so your like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room so you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your your guys's room? Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards off in full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Darling. I was on a vacation recently and stayed at an Airbnb, and then I realized that while I was away, my empty house could be making money, honey. If you're someone like me that is busy and not home all the time, your home could be an Airbnb, and it's actually pretty simple to get started. Even if you don't have a whole house, you could start with just a spare room. Personally, I really enjoy staying at Airbnbs. I really do. I love a good Airbnb. Who is that? Come back, British you. And it really is a great way to like support local economy and support local people. So Airbnb is fabulous. And I know I was doing my British voice earlier, but we love Airbnb. So think about what you could do with some extra cash. Whether you're looking to treat yourself to something nice, like a shopping spree or a spa day, or start a whole side hustle, Airbnb can help you be that person. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They always say trust your gut. But one time, my gut told me to bleach my eyebrows. And that was fashionable, but not widely well-received. While probiotics can't help you with most of your gut decisions, it can give your gut a little bit of support. And Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Did you know daily disturbances like poor diets, stress, travel, the use of certain medications, and plenty of other factors can throw off your gut microbiome? Oh, no. Enter Ritual. Their Symbiotic Plus has been a gorgeous tool. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash curious. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash curious for 25% off. If you're like me, the threat of fascism is weighing on you this year. But even when the F word is uttered, way too few of us are considering the full scope of the danger, let alone how to really stop it. The Refuse Fascism podcast hosted by Sam Goldman names it, dissects it, and connects in-depth analysis of what fascism is with the understanding and urgency we need to defeat it. And she is joined by great guests to discuss the threat of civil war, attacks on abortion rights and trans rights, Trump and the theocrats, Project 2025, efforts to erase history and critical thinking, and much more. Check out recent episodes featuring Kathleen Ballou, Jeff Charlotte, Sarah Posner, Wajahat Ali, Dahlia Lithwick, and many more. Subscribe to the Refuse Fascism podcast on your listening platform of choice or go to refusefascism.org slash podcast. Honey, take a moment and just think to yourself, describe yourself in one word. Are you simple, sophisticated, or adventurous? However you dress, the stylist at Stitch Fix can help you find your favorite piece. 
Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing, shoes, and accessories directly to you. First, you complete a style profile, then an expert personal stylist will send you a hand-picked box of items based on your preferences. They even have men's and kids' boxes, too, which we love, honey. Let's get everyone, uh, you know, taken care of. Plus, I'm sure you can mix and match if they aren't, you know, in the dark ages. What if you want something from both? With no subscription required, you can pick between automatic shipments or only getting new pieces on demand. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. Plus, the $20 styling fee is automatically applied towards anything you keep from your box. We love our Stitch Fix personal stylists. I can customize my own gorgeous preferences, whether it's sizing, brand, or budget. Once you finish the style quiz and set up your ideal number of deliveries, honey, you'll receive everything from jewelry to shoes to bags, all to go with your hand-picked outfits. I love that. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash JVN and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's S-T-I-T-C-H fix.com slash JVN for an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. Support for today's show comes from Rakuten. Rakuten is a free member-based loyalty program that lets you earn up to 40% cash back at over 2,500 stores. It's perfect for all your back-to-school shopping needs. Get cash back on everything from school supplies to new clothes at some of your favorite retailers like Macy's, Forever 21, Walmart, and more. And don't worry, it's always free. No gimmicks, no points to redeem. Better yet, Rakuten is so simple and easy to use. Simply go to Rakuten.com, click on the retailer you're looking for to activate the cash back, and then shop as normal. You'll earn a percentage of every purchase you make up to 40% cash back. Then, every three months, members will be paid in the form of a check or via PayPal. Sign up today at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. If there is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBTQ matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment and get help at your own time and at your own pace. Anything you share is confidential and it's so convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions as well as chat and text with your therapist. If for some reason you are not happy with your counselor though, you can request a new one at any time and for no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness listeners can get 10% off your first month with the discount code JVN. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash JVN. Then simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash JVN. You can hear ad-free new episodes of Getting Curious, plus two weekly bonus episodes only on Stitcher Premium. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com slash JVN and use promo code JVN. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Vaness. We are here with Beth Porter. She is with Green America. She is the recycling and... Climate and recycling director. Climate and yes. recycling yes. director. I do not forget that gorgeous climate, <laughs> honey. So what we were just talking about was um, who, where is the onus on mm-hmm. 
So it's like the federal government just like left that up to the states and then the states decided it. Totally. Yeah. But right and now I think, there's no there's no guideline as far as like America's concerned about that. Yeah. Well, we're looking for like the accountability, right? It's like right now, this year in particular, which we can talk about the recycling system is in a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of disruption happening and everyone's kind of like, okay, who's to blame for this? Like, and I think after studying this, the whole system, we're all kind of to blame, but our the accountability is different based on our role. Like individuals have a lot of responsibility, but there's a ceiling to that effort if you you go to a store and you have no recycled content options. So that's where like the producers of these products need to be held accountable. They need minimum recycled content policies at their companies and things like that. And I think the federal government needs to help with like uniting these efforts and to help with communication across the country of like how to recycle right and the importance of knowing your local recycling rules. I, I think there's a role for everyone to play rather than just be like, you know, because my, my first reaction was, okay, recycling's in trouble. Whose fault is it? And I kept hearing people blame the consumer, you know, from different other parts of the system. And I was like, this isn't all on us, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you look into history and you're like, oh, there was a conscious effort to shift the onus to the consumer through ad campaigns. How, and do, like, other, you know, how do other countries differ? Like, how does, like, Canada or, like, the European Union, like, differ on the... Do you know about, like... That was like yeah. the catalyst. But yeah, how do they differ? Like, is there any other footprints we could take from other places that like regulate their recycling in a more effective way? Yeah, I think there's a lot of great examples from other countries. One that I talk about in the book that I find totally fascinating is Taiwan. Um, they actually had a huge problem with garbage and pollution years ago, um, but kind of like revamped the entire recycling industry and how they recycle. And they had a lot of focus on um, having a multi-stakeholder group deciding the direction they were going to go in. And now residents um, sort, but they also send around helpers with the trucks. So when you're taking your like waste and recycling and your compost and your electronic waste out to these trucks, they help you sort it in the proper containers. And so it's this fascinating concept that I think is really interesting because it not only made like recycling and waste uh, like a community effort, it's like put more thought into it, you know? And so it's made it more of like a conscious um, part of the everyday life of individuals there. And they've seen an increase in recycling rates and decrease in contamination rates, like all that stuff that we want to have happen. Um, so I think it is possible, but the scale that we would need to do that in the United States is like, you know, that's sort of the reimagined part, right? Is right. like, how do we make that work for communities um, on a big scale? And, and this year, that's what a lot of uh, municipalities are thinking about with the challenges in recycling of like, okay, how do we make this work with our unique circumstances in our community? And they're coming up with different solutions that are really innovative and interesting. Um, but I want to make sure that the the role of the consumer is not lost, that we're being talked to in ways that are like transparent, that help us understand this bigger picture. Because like I said, we're being asked to participate in this and, you know, not so communicated is, with how. So, <laughs> so. What is, so what is like the bigger picture? And like, what is that? Well, I think um, the bigger picture is we want to shift the demand for virgin materials to more recycled materials. Um, but to do that, we have to reduce contamination in the supply of recyclables, which right now, like... Um, I in don't, order okay. to shift the demand from virgin materials mm -hmm. to recycled materials, we need to... What again? We need to... Well, first off, we need to pick products that are made with recycled materials and like urge companies to do that. But for them to do that, we need to have a good, clean supply of recycled materials. And right now in the United States, we have a ton of contamination that's happening. So like when you put in, um, you know, like an orange juice container or something, there's some liquid left over or like a salad bowl with salad dressing on it. That can saturate uh, cardboard boxes that are in the same bin and it makes them less valuable. Um, and then manufacturers don't want to buy them. And so that's and that a all huge changes issue. based on... What so where can people find their local rules? You can Google like your county or your city or you know wherever you live, and then recycle rules. And if that's not there, Earth nine one one is an 
awesome resource because you can put in like, I want to recycle my old Teflon pan and your zip code. And it'll tell you, well, you can't do it in your curbside program, but you have a drop off option here. So you can recycle these like harder to recycle items too. So yeah, Earth 911 is a great resource that I use all the time. <laughs> that's that's really cool. I never yeah. even, because that also never even occurred to me that you could like, what about, can you recycle clothes? Yeah, there, there are a donation. Yeah, well, you'd want to donate it first, but then sometimes you have cloth that's like, not people don't yeah. want that, you know. Um, but there are textile recycling options, and so that's another. That would be another like drop off thing. And I'm sure you know there are some in New York and in DC where I live, and then other communities. So you could look at Earth 911 or Google like clothing recycling near me. Um, but like shops like Goodwill and you know secondhand stores like that often have a system in place to the materials they can't move or if they can't use it if it's too um, if it's not a sellable quality they'll put it into the textile recycling. Because you know there is like industry in. There is valuables and industry in recycling. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, yeah. I, I know I've yeah. heard, like, my, I have a friend who used to talk about, like, going scrapping all the time in, yeah. like, Minneapolis because, like, they would go collect, like, old fridges and old, you know, oh, stuff God. to go. Oh, my yeah, yeah. And, like, that has certain value if you take it to certain places. So it's, like... That sounds I, like the World War II effort where it was, like, the scrap drives and stuff. Yeah. But it's, like, I feel like there is a world for people that are, like, struggling where there's either, like, extra income or there's, like, a way, like, there's, like, business. I feel like there's, like, opportunities there that could help. So, But it's also, like... Um, making that an issue with your elected officials, like making yes. that something that you do care about, like yes. wanting, like getting curious about not to name drop like the the title, of, and, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get curious like and, and make that like why? Yeah, you know? absolutely. I think more engagement in the recycling system, not just from the like buying products and recycling right side, but like telling, holding these other stakeholders accountable and using those channels that we have, like going to your town hall events. And when you're asking about other issues that are important to you, say, what's our plan for recycling? Like, what's our plan for composting? Are we ever going to have that? Like, what's the reducing waste plan for this community? And so putting putting that onus onto your elected officials to, like, have a plan and to know that this is something the community cares about and there's accountability there. That's really powerful. And recycling is surprisingly very bipartisan. There's, like, a bipartisan committee in the Senate on recycling uh, with, like, Republican and Democrat senators. And so um, you might be surprised that some of the more right-leaning uh, elected officials may have a plan for recycling. Cycling. Like, you know, it's it keeps surprising me, honestly. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's I mean, any, any place where we can, like, agree on something that has, like, a common goal, I think, is really interesting and, you know, really great. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the, the plastic bottle lids, like, do... Is that a mm. thing? Those are, what do we do with those again? Like the caps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are like really well, bad, right? You used to not be able to put them in there and it was like, take the caps off. And now we've, you know, transitioned to keep the caps on. So yeah, make sure it's like your bottle's emptied out. So just give it like a shake on the, you know, ground or in the sink or something, reattach the bottle lid and then toss it in the recycling. So that's bin, okay so. now for the turtles. That's okay now for the turtles. Do yes, we still need yes. to clip the six pack holders of things? Yes. I think that is a good idea. Um, but I also, you know, on the larger issue of plastic, sorry, pollution, plastic pollution in the oceans, I think that's brought to the forefront a lot of our concerns with waste as a country. Like, we're talking about this now, this year in particular. And, like, straws are, and straws, straws had a really bad year. So, straws had a very bad year. And um, to be fair, I think straws are not the largest source of pollution in the ocean. They're, like, 0.02% of all the stuff we're seeing. So it's like you're getting, but, a, like, false outrage and false, like, feeling good about yeah, yourself on those straws, yeah. people. And I'm like, can we, like, shift that outrage? Like, there are other things we, you that, know, like, can focus on, That, like, actually are making a major... Yeah. Yeah, like, like bigger issues like fishing as, nets is a big one. Why? I think fishing nets actually is like maybe one of the largest uh, issues for aquatic environments of plastic because there's not incentive for people who are 
fishing to return them to a responsible area. So this might be in other countries where there's like less waste management infrastructure. Wait, I don't get it. So, so people like, so you're fishing for, uh, like, do fishermen use nets? I don't get it. Yeah, like plastic nets. Exactly. Oh, they use plastic nets? Yeah, exactly. And then what happens? That's part of the problem. And so, so they go into the middle of the ocean. Like, let's say you're fishing for snow crab out sure. in the middle of Alaska, yeah, honey, yeah. Palin country. Yeah. Uh, and you lay a big old plastic net in the mm-hmm. ocean. And then and you get your crabs or, you know, whatever you're trying to fish. And you're like, cool, cool, cool. And then you just toss your waste, you know, over in the water. So then you just like, you, but you were done with your net for the season. You didn't put it on the boat and take it back to shore and like recycle it. They just, so then there's just like nets floating around the ocean from like tons of fishermen over the years. That seems to be the biggest problem because we've seen a lot of things of like, okay, what's the biggest source of plastic pollution? Because it's not straws, but like they're there for sure. Yeah. It's a problem. Um, but fishing nets is the, is the biggest issue. So there's just issue. like big ass, like, so like, like in Forrest Gump when he and Lieutenant Dan are out fishing and getting all that shrimp, you know, but they can't find the good places. But then it's so when they turn around and, and brought their boat back home, they like maybe just cut the shrimp. Maybe they fucking just left net. their net. Yeah, maybe. And that's who I mean, does that. I don't want to, you know. And I've never, I've never like been to these places. I've never seen this, so I'm not quite an expert in like aquatic but environments. They be but it's a big problem. They do. What else? Plastic bags. That's another huge oh, issue. Yeah. And so the thing about plastic bags that I really want to share is that they're also a big problem in recycling facilities. So plastic bags are recyclable for sure, but you have to take them back to a grocery store because they can get tangled into the sorting equipment that I was talking about. They can like get locked in the equipment, shut down the whole facility for a few minutes and it's a huge pain for the workers so that are plastic like bags are never something we put in your recycling bin. never something you not put in the recycling bin. bag no 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 not a no. grocery bag yes yes and they'll um, say like recyclable which is true but, but you, you have, have to, to take it back to, to the store in every state that's like an across the board thing yeah i believe so, so yeah. don't ever put your fucking <laughs> goddamn plastic fucking bag in the goddamn trash just keep them out guys just take them back use to the it store. for your cat poop and then can you put it in the trash no, that's bad too. Uh, you can put them in the trash, but I think it's it's best to take to it back landfill. to the store. Yeah, so you don't even want to use it for your cat poop. <laughs> Not that I ever did that. I sure as hell wasn't doing that. We put our cat. Well, I mean, you I know, didn't. But it's I it's, did. You guys for years. Same, I did, and same. I threw it away. And, and I threw it away. But, but you know what? It. Like, if you don't know, like you can't I hold yourself know. accountable and like feel ashamed for the things you didn't know. It's like, what do you do moving forward once you do know? Okay, you well, know, that's I think half my family is Catholic, so I absolutely can beat myself up and feel myself in shame for that. I hear you. I'm from the south and baptist so so. don't put me in a box on like what shame i'm allowed to feel just kidding i'm so kidding i'm obsessed with you i'm just kidding i love you so much just kidding um and also you know my family's like episcopal so you're like the cooler ones Um, oh that is yeah you know except for my whatever it's a different podcast um (laughs) so that's interesting so plastic bags and what are the other big hot like what are the real straw outrage of plastic of of well plastic straws are not recyclable so that's another thing of like yeah straws are an issue don't i'm not trying to take away from the straw movement but But what else is going on yeah um i mean plastic cups are also a big one like any kind of single use plastic is is a problem plastic cups aren't recyclable Plastic cups are, but they don't always make it into the recycling stream, and there's not always a demand for recycled plastic. So, like, only 9% of the plastic that we produce gets recycled every year. So, really, water bottles are, like, not fierce. Yeah, they're they're not great. I mean, reusable water bottles all the way, like reusable things wherever we can do them. Yes. I reduce and reuse come before recycle for a very good reason. You know, like that's what we need to be focusing on, I think. And then yes, yeah, yes, reduce, yes. reuse, recycle. So yes. yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, definitely keep recycling your plastic materials if your local facility takes them. That is important. But it's better to try and choose, you know, other materials like glass 
packaging is is good, you know, like paper, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So if that's a choice that you have in front of you, like try to avoid the plastic because there is a plastic fluctuates with the oil prices too, the demand for recycled plastic because it's petroleum based. So like when oil prices are low, people don't really want to buy recycled plastic because it's cheaper to get virgin plastic. Plastic is petroleum based and petroleum is from coal? Oil. Oil. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. But oil is from a fossil fuel. It is a fuel, fossil fuel, right? Yeah, totally. So totally. oil, when we get it from like Saudi Arabia and all that, she's finite, honey. Yeah, like there's yeah. not oil forever. There's not oil forever. There's not a lot of this stuff forever, for sure. And so which is why Tesla are, like, and these electric cars are actually kind of fierce. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because we need that. Yeah, yeah, we need things. It's it's all about like thinking like in a circular mindset. I think like, and that's part of like what recycling is and composting. It's like how do we like make something that we can use again and like look in the future and see how we can use it over and over and try to like extend its life because we don't have infinite resources in all cases on the planet. So let's like lean into the ones that are more renewable. So. so then remember that one controversy when like people thought they were recycling, but then really it wasn't? Oh, yes. Yeah, that is a big, that's like a huge common problem with recycling is people are very afraid of like, I'm going to invest all this time and energy and then it's not going to go where I want it to or it's going to go to the landfill. Like, And I understand the emotional side of that. People are like, you know, upset about that. But that's not an issue on like a on a big scale. Like one person might have seen a garbage collector put recycling and garbage in the same truck, but that's we have no data showing that that's like a nationwide issue. But what is happening is we're putting in stuff that we think is recyclable in the bin, but it's not. So that stuff will be rerouted to the landfill. So it's like, yes, things that we thought maybe were going to the recycling stream aren't, but it's because they never should have been in the bin in the first place. Got it. So and yeah. And then the, the- Earth 911 is where, or what was that app again? Earth 911. Yeah, yep, so that's yep, it. If you, you don't know it. if it is or not, like you can find yeah, out Yeah, check there. it. There's a common phrase that's like, when in doubt, throw it out. But I really like, when in doubt, go find out. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, maybe just like look and, you know, it's true. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you really questioning, if you're out in public and like you've got, you know, a piece of plastic or something that's like coated in food and you can't rinse it out, it is better to throw it in the trash. Like you want to curb that contamination because it does more harm than good. So, oh, that's yeah. interesting. You can find out more about that in your gorgeous book. Yes, yes. I talk a lot about all these things. In my, in no, my I love book, that. So. And one yeah. more time, honey, the title of her is... Yeah, it's Reduce, Reuse, Reimagine, and Sorting like, Out the Recycling System. And is she like on... Is she like a audiobook? Is she a digital one? Is she's she all a, those things. She's all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, she's on Amazon. You can go to your local bookstore and be like, I'd like to order this book. She's also on Audible. Um, so yeah, every, so everywhere books get the are link. found. Yeah, we're going to get the link on that because I think that <laughs> will give you a more obviously like in-depth research without me interrupting you every 17 seconds. No, I for love the last, it. Well, I like that we're on this like path together. Well, I'm just trying to find it. You know, we only have, like, we only have like 30 to 40 minutes, you know. I know, it's hard. I feel like we could talk for hours. Because well, then some this. people will be like, well, it's like, I wish it was longer, but then it's like, you know, the attention span. It's like a thing. Even mine. As you can see, look how hard it is for me to do this you know it's hard i hear you yeah i feel the same yeah so we've come to the part in the podcast where it's like the yoga lesson you know if you were really like you just really want to do a handstand but i didn't teach him today oh i love this part but like you know (laughs) but what do the what do people need to know from you like what do you want us to hit that we haven't hit yet yeah and we i mean we've definitely talked about this a little bit but just like to to reiterate i guess that reduce and reuse comes first. So any way in your life that you can like look around and be like, oh, I'm like wasting this thing every week. Maybe there's a reusable option. Just like start to notice those things in your home and your workplace and think like, what's a better option that I could do that's less wasteful? That's really important. And then when you're recycling, clean, empty, dry. That's like the thing we need to be thinking about is like, I'm putting it in the bin. Is it dried off? 
sweet, put it on in there, you know. So those those kind of together is really how we can, I think, transform how we're using materials, how we're dealing with waste in our country. So those are really important. And then quickly, because that made me think of this, like, you know that, like, that annoying girl that's, like, that straw, you know, but she drives her Suburban to the gym oh, every day or whatever. Oh, yes, yes. How yes. do we entice people to get interested in this like without being like you know actually more off-putting yeah like from not being like shame inducing to people like totally oh my god I love that you brought this up so much because I have a whole chapter in the book on the psychology of this because it is sort of a moral licensing thing where it's like I recycle and I'm great but I drive my yeah um you know SUV everywhere and so so it's like people do that balancing thing where they think they're making a sustainable choice so that makes it okay it's like when you I don't know, like want to watch TV and don't do your homework or something. You're just like, I did homework yesterday, so it's fine. It's like getting people to try and have consistency in their behavior in a way that's not shameful and just be like, you know, we need to not shame ourselves when we fall short of that, but also not like allow ourselves to swing back and forth between being super unsustainable and super sustainable, kind of like finding like some equilibrium, some balance in our lives so that these behaviors don't feel so exceptional. So it's not so unusual for us and like weave them into our daily lives a bit more. And so, yeah, there's, there's a whole like realm of psychology of recycling. that. So we it's almost like about. if you feel that itch of you wanting to criticize that person that you see with the straw or whatever, yeah. like maybe Try like a little curiosity, you know, about your compassion. own life or yeah. what else. Yeah. Or like whatever. think about what you're doing, but also like, you know, maybe they don't know, like approach it with curiosity and be like, Oh, you know, have you heard of this? Like try and rather than accusing them and shaming them of being like the worst person ever, because then that really makes it more about like you and kind of like your are But sometimes thing. too, I think some, <laughs> but sometimes I think too, even when people do, it's like, what would happen if you tried a metal straw? It's like, well, what would happen if you like saw your own stuff? Because I think very rarely people, I I don't know if I've ever met someone who was really like living off the earth on Hyundai. Right, that's right. We all use resources where, I mean, this is the society we've set up. Like these are very ingrained processes. So it does take work to kind of like find a different way that works for you. And there's no one way to be an environmentalist. There's no one way to practice sustainability. I think you just need to like use your own skill set, your own circumstances, and like make the best choices you can. And yeah, try not to let other people's shame get you down I yeah. guess you know yeah, like we need hard. to encourage ourselves it is hard but it's like there's a lot of opportunity for creativity for like self-sufficiency like there's a lot of like fun wonderful sides of sustainability and I think we can talk more about that and and in, get more enthusiastic about that too um thank you so much for your time thank you for I having appreciate me on the you show. so much and then we're gonna include include uh, links to your work your socials everything so that'll be gorgeous thank you so much for your time thank you of course You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. My guest this week was Beth Porter. You'll find links to Beth's work and socials in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JVN. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you, girl, for letting us use it. We love you. We love the song. Uh, subscribe in Apple Podcasts, honey. Or get all up on that Stitcher, but you know I am kind of obsessed with like the Apple Podcast chart, so if you do like have Apple Podcasts, like not to like feed the machine and not that you should have to feed like Apple's machine just to like get my validation for the Apple iTunes charts, but you do know I love an Apple iTunes chart moment. I do. It's... I, I'm, I'm trying to work on it, you guys. I love you. So, uh, you know, share the links on your social. We love you guys so much. And we'll see you next time. I'm getting curious. Hey. Hey, guys. It's Ashir. And Nicole. From Best, Best Friends. Our podcast has been out for a few months. If you haven't listened to it, you should. We've already asked the big questions in life. Imagine if we could lay eggs. Okay, sure. <laughs> I guess we wouldn't that be funny if you could eat from yourself? No, because that's like cannibalism. Not when you eat yourself. What? 
Hmm? Answer listener questions. Hi, Nicole and Sashir. What happens if Sashir dies first? I mean, I've never thought of it. Well, I would be so sad. <laughs> oh, no, Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> I'm not going to die. Take BuzzFeed quizzes. Let's pick eight foods and we'll give you a sex position to try. Whoa. This is wild. Plus, we bring on other funny best friends to talk about their friendship. I almost want to cry. I feel, I don't know why that really made me feel emotional. But it's because <laughs> it's pure to talk about it friendship. It's nice. It's so nice. It's like so rare to like articulate it, but she's always there for me. Like I, I think she's just somebody who... <laughs> oh, I love this. I love it so much. <laughs> oh my God. It's really sweet. Best Friends with Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda is new every Wednesday. On Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen. Oh, my God. To it. (laughs) 